0: Good evening. My uh, my today's guest is uh, a highly respected guest, Dr. E. Michael Jones. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for for visiting me once again. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We we already have people saying hello, hi from Paris is this still happening yeah it is okay <laughs> dr jones we have two big themes today um first big theme is aloysius the peanuts a um for you Yugo- for ex-yugoslav people for Slovene people for croats for serbs a controversial personality how do you see Aloysius the Peanuts?
1: Well, uh, first of all, he was one of the uh, church figures after World War II who was singled out to be persecuted because the communists uh, had just taken over Eastern Europe and they were going to make an example of the church. The point of uh, communist takeover was not to suppress the church outright, but to create a Catholic patriotic society of the sort that got created in China when the communists took over there. So in other words, to establish a state church called the Catholic Church, which would uh, then be uh, have its main allegiance to Belgrade, uh, rather than to Rome. That's the whole point of what happened here. So, Sipinats was one of three cardinals uh, who was uh, attacked in the period immediately following World War II. We're talking about Cardinal Vinzenti. In Hungary, and we're talking about uh, Cardinal Wyszynski uh, in Poland. Stepinats uh, was part of that group of people that was basically uh, singled out for attack uh, because the uh, new communist regimes in these countries wanted to control the church. That's that's the basic uh, basic issue, as I see it.
0: Of course, um, <clears throat> ex-Yugoslav people today have fifty years or sixty years of communist regime after us, and communist regime um, had influence um, in education and so forth. And if you ask uh, an average Serb today, or um, average Slovene, even um, they say Aloysius, the peanuts is or was a Bad person because he he's correlated to to the Ustasha right. regime. Right.
1: Okay. Now this this is I think this we have to get to the fundamental issue here. So all of the uh, stuff that bre- people bring up about uh, uh I- including the the show trials that took place after World War II, tried to link him with Jozenovac, uh the concentration camp where uh, many Serbs were killed and the excesses of the Ustasha regime. I don't think that's true. I don't think it holds water. If you look at the people who are doing this, if you look at books like uh, Magnum Creeman, I think that was uh, uh, Victor Novak. If you look at people like uh, Avro Manhattan, another uh, man who accused uh, Stupinats, these were communist ideologues who were used, simply using the Ustasha and the excesses of, that took place uh, during the Ustasha as a way of attacking Stepinats. This was the simplest method of attack. That's the one they used. And I don't think it holds up to historical research. Uh, I think uh, Stepinats, in this regard, was very similar to others, uh, other Catholic archbishops at the, at the time. I'm thinking of uh, Graf von Gallen in uh, the Bishop of Munster, who was also accused of going along with the Nazi regime. Uh, but it turns out uh, that uh, w- what, what they meant by going along was uh, there were atrocities going uh, occurring at this time, and as soon as people like Stepinas heard about them, they condemned them. And apparently this was all supposed to be forgotten uh, by the people who were determined to get a guilty verdict from this guy. So I think that first of all, that's not that's not relevant. I don't know whether I don't know you have a better judge of the way Slovenians think, the way Serbs think, but I think that these these accusations simply don't hold up. Now I think that there is a a deeper issue at work here, and I think that you're you're right in saying that the, the condemnation of Stavina's has to do with his association with the Ustasha regime, but it goes before the war. In other words, this is the Stepinats who was praising the Ustasha, okay? uh, Because they were uh, taking the lead in fighting what he saw as the subversion of the morals of the Catholic people of Yugoslavia. And his particular he mentioned in one of his letters the fact that there was a group of people. He identified them as Jews and Serbs from Belgrade who were promoting pornography. Okay, they were creating pornography. Now this was specifically weaponized pornography because it was the the, the material was printed in Latin script, but it was clearly coming from a a a Serb, a Serb Orthodox source. Uh, a lot of the 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 uh, the names of the months were were obviously being transposed from what was originally uh, Cyrillic and Serbian, because the audience that was being targeted was Croatian. This is the way um, this is the way Stepinot saw the issue at the time, which is to say, right around uh, let's say 1935-36. Now, he is not the only person who felt this way, not the only Catholic. Cardinal Archbishop in the Catholic Church who felt this way. What you had at this time, let's say during the mid 1930s, was a general consensus among Catholic leaders that Jews uh, and Jews, primarily communists who were also Jews, were involved in the systematic subversion of Christian morals, largely through things like pornography. So, in this regard, subpoenas was no different than. Cardinal Holland of Poland uh, who wrote a pastoral letter in 1937 which has now become famous to a large extent because he said that the Jews were responsible for pornography in Poland. Now, if you say that now, uh, you're ipso facto an anti-Semite, okay? Now, I've said that, okay? And, of course, everybody calls me an anti-Semite, but then if you have Professor Abrams Uh, the Jewish professor from England, when he says it in his article and brags about how Jews are promoting sexual liberation, of course, that's not anti-Semitism. So we're dealing with uh, a large double standard here, okay, to begin with. But secondly, we're also dealing with a consensus among leaders in the Catholic Church that Jews were involved in promoting pornography. This is not just, I've mentioned Poland, uh, we are mentioning Stapinats, who said this in a letter to Cardinal Maglioni. And also, uh, the United States was no different. Uh, this is the time, uh, a little earlier than that, let's say 1933, was the date when the Catholic Church in the United States launched this crusade known as the Legion of Decency, which was aimed at Jewish subver- the Jewish absur- subversion of moral sexual morality coming from Hollywood at the time. So what you have now is a, a we now, the Catholic Church, has a, a kind of continuity crisis, and it's got an identity crisis, okay, because what was a consensus back then is now considered bad. OK, the consensus back then that Jews were involved in pornography is now ipso facto anti-Semitism and the church would apologize and condemn anyone who said that. Now, Peanuts is caught in this bind right in the middle of it, because now he's coming up for uh, canonization. And the way uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Jews who were the targets of this condemnation in the 1930s now have veto power in the Catholic Church. Over who gets named as a saint?
0: <clears throat> how did it come so far? In which sense uh, do they have the power uh, for for veto?
1: <laughs> in the absolute sense of the word, in every sense of the word. In other words, if a Jew doesn't like you, you not you're not going to become a saint. I, I don't I, I don't know how else to say it. It began with the attack on Pius the twelfth that was launched uh, by the Jews, uh, who up to that time had praised, uniformly praised Pius XII for the efforts he had made to save Jews during World War II. All of that changed uh, with the uh, uh, publication of the uh, play by Hochut der Stellvertreter, or the deputy uh, in English. That is what launched the Calumny, and from that time onward, uh, the Jews have had veto power over the church. Again, uh, in the article, which the review that I sent you, which was going to appear in the January issue of Culture Wars, we have the case of Father Dehone, another uh, uh, candidate for or sanctity, for sainthood. His, his uh, uh, candidization cause, he got to beatification, and then he couldn't make it to the last step because the Jews objected and called him an anti-Semite. This is what I mean by by veto power, okay? They have veto power over who gets named a Catholic Catholic saint, and I'm saying the veto power is now based on a total repudiation of what was a consensus in the Catholic Church at that time. This means that no one, okay, virtually no one who was born, let's say, around uh, 1880 will ever be canonized will ever be canonized because they all shared that point of view. It goes even to the heart of the uh, the philosophical uh, tradition in the church, Thomism. Okay, we have Thomism. We have uh, Jacques Maritain and uh, Reginald garrigou Lagrange, two of the most famous French Thomists at this time, getting into a big argument right on the eve of World War II because garrigou Lagrange supported uh, Vichy France. He supported the Pétain government. He said the Pétain government is the most Catholic government in France since the French Revolution. Their motto was family, work, and, and, and God, you know what I mean, as opposed to liberty, fraternity, and equality. So here you have another uh, example of what we're talking about, a consensus among these group of people that has now become toxic. Mm-hmm. That, that No one will be allowed to uh, be canonized who shared in that consensus.
0: I, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I, I read an article. I don't know if if it was from a, a Serb source or a Croat source or Jewish source. It uh, it was in, in Croatian language, but it um, it said that many members of the Ustasha movement if not members, relatives, very close relatives, uh, were of uh, Jewish heritage. Did you did you know?
1: Uh, no, did not, information? First of all, the, the Jewish thing is irrelevant to, uh, in this regard, it's irrelevant to what the Ustasha uh, was doing mm-hmm. to a large extent because the Ustasha was basically a homegrown uh, Balkan uh, ideology that be, mostly based on Italian sources, uh, more Mussolini, Mussolini had a lot more influence over the Ustasha than, than the Nazis did. Uh, but it was completely antithetical to Nazi racialism. So with the Ustasha, in order to please Hitler, we have people like Ante Pavelic introducing racial investigations to see if they can come up with a racial distinction between Serbs and Croats. This is preposterous. This is completely preposterous. First of all, the whole race thing is completely preposterous when it comes to Germany as well. Hitler got his idea about race from Madison Grant, who was an American. And Madison Grant had a thought that race was important because Americans think that that's important because they have a large black population living there who were the descendants of slaves who were brought over to pick cotton and plant uh, tobacco. and that, it, it's the, the word race had nothing whatsoever to do with the history of Germany, the divisions in Germany. Nothing, absolutely nothing. The first word, uh, uh, first spelling of the word in German was R-A-C-E, exactly the word in English. No German knew how to pronounce it. He'd look at that word and say, what, what does that mean? Raka? What what does that? There's no- <laughs> so they had to change it to create a German word called Rasse, which is a completely made-up German word that has nothing to do with it. The issue in Germany was folk. Folk means ethnic group. The idea of race is completely meaningless. And so what you're seeing here is basically an attempt to impose this idea where it had no meaning whatsoever. And having, in a sense, disastrous consequences for everyone concerned. Everyone concerned. And the really, the really annoying thing about all this is that this the stupid idea still hasn't died. So we have the, one the last program I was on with you. Who should show up? With Tom Sunich, who's telling me that he's a white guy. You know, this is ridiculous. The whole thing is completely ridiculous. But now we have the hangover from this. Playing role in, a, a role in internal politics and internal Catholic politics, so I uh, from my, so if you read the the uh, contemporary reports about the whole peanuts thing uh, from the Catholic point of view, it, it's clear that they're pointing their finger at the Serbs and they're saying the Serbs are the one who torpedoed this uh, canonization. The Serbs are to blame. The Serbs now have become the fall guy here. Well, I'm sorry, that's not really true. Uh, Because if the Serbs alone decided that they wanted to say something about the Catholic Church, no one would listen to them. Who would care? Who cares what the Serbs think? The only reason that the Serbs got any if they wanted this, if they wanted traction, the only reason they got any traction because of the hidden partner in this deal, which is the Jews. Okay? So I'm saying It's clear that the Jews played the Serbs here. They used the Serbs as the fall guy for the Stupinats case. I'd like your opinion. Now, you tell me what you think, because you're closer to it than I am.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I I came through the communist uh, education until my... 30th, I, I, I believed all the lies about the peanuts and Ustasha movement and, um, Jasenovac. We, we even have a, a mayor of, of a, of a, um, town called Radinci in Slovenia, Roman Leljak. He did a, a research on Jasenovac. Um, he re- a really thorough research on yasenovats uh, and he claims today that uh, yasenovats uh, wasn't even as um, near as close to 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 um, to the to the number of, of victims. Uh, me- uh, media media told us uh, um, they taught us in schools and so forth and so forth and. Plenty, plenty, plenty of the hatred between today's Croats and Serbs is, um, is nested in, in mythology, in mythology.
1: Right. And I'm saying this is exactly the type of uh, 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 ugly incident that is, going to, that is calculated to promote animosity between Serbs and Croats. This is the type of thing the Jews are masters at this thing. They get involved in the type of thing. They use proxy warriors. And then the proxy warriors on both sides end up fighting each other. And they just step back. And that's their goal because their goal is to, first of all, spread division wherever they can because they're stronger. The more division there is. And secondly, to use the proxy warrior to get at the people they don't like, which is namely the Catholics. To maintain their control over the veto power of the uh, uh, uh that they have over catholic sainthood right now this has to be addressed i'm sorry we are in the middle of a crisis in the catholic church and no one is addressing this issue who gave these people veto power over who gets called a saint in the catholic church why is no one addressing this issue the subpoena's case allows us to address this issue which is why what we're talking about is important right now what Far, far beyond the boundaries of the former Yugoslavia. This has significance for the entire universal Catholic Church. <clears throat>
0: what, what would be your, your speculation? I'm, I'm calling you to speculation and I'm sorry for that, but um, there's plenty of Slovenes and Croats uh, get from the media um, uh, information about subversive Serbs. Is your speculation that that many of subversive Serbs in in Slovenia and Croatia are actually um, are actually Jewish?
1: No, I have no idea of knowing that whatsoever. I mean, Stepanovs made a clear distinction between Serbs and Jews. He didn't say it was Serbs masquerading or Jews masquerading as Serbs. He made a clear distinction there. That is, that is a matter of fact, I, I, a part of the, the dialogue that I'm hoping to initiate is uh, between my Serbian friend and my Croatian friend. We're going to do this discussion in January. And part of that has to do with, well, are, are, are we talking about something factual here? Because subpoenas made a factual claim. Okay, he claimed that it was Serbs and Jews who were promoting pornography. I think that there is evidence that pornography was being promoted at this point. The quest, uh, There is evidence that uh, it was translated from Cyrillic into Latin so that it could target uh, Croatians, but that's a factual claim. Uh, difficult to substantiate, but I think we, we've looked into it enough to see that whereas there's enough smoke, there probably was some fire here. That is the difference between, uh, let's say, the situation in Poland, for example where Hollande said simply it wasn't uh, the Jews and another group, it was simply the Jews. Of course, they were much stronger and much more representative in Poland than any other country in the world at that point. But I think that that's, there there are factual claims that need to be uh, adjudicated here. Now, the, the last time I met with uh, Bishop Parich in Mostar, he said that it was one of his uh, ideas to have some type of uh, joint Croat-Serb Tribunal or committee that would look into these uh, accusations of what had taken place during this period of time and see if they could come up with some type of uh, agreement. Well, apparently, that's sort of what got convened here uh, in the case of Stupinats, and it went nowhere. It went nowhere. And I think largely because these things are never factually based. This uh, Bishop Perich told me that the main problem with research there was basically after the war. Uh, the communists pulled up in a truck at the diocese chancery office of Mostar and took all their documents. <laughs> that's that. Uh, we can't do any more research. because You stole the documents. Nobody knows where those documents are. So that's that's part of the problem here.
0: Um, and just a little off course, a little off topic. Um PSYOP up minorities everywhere are used to aggravate the major- majority There's just like Albanians in Serbia do, do you share this opinion
1: yes of course I do that's the way that's the way uh, the whole uh, that's the way Yugoslavia was destroyed okay I remember the I remember the so-called atrocities do you remember Rakač? do you remember that so-called atrocity
0: oh uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm starting to know more about Yugoslavia than the Yugoslavians now. But, uh, I mean, basically it was an atrocity. There were dead bodies there uh, and the bullet holes in the uh, clothing that they were wearing did not line up with the bullet holes in the bodies. This was something that was clearly stated, uh, uh, staged as a justification for the United States bombing attack on Serbia, which was a war crime and an act of aggression that uh, never should have taken place. Now, I, I have been involved in this ever since 1988, okay, which is the first time I went to Mostar to talk to write a book about uh, Medjugorje. The, the first chapter on, in that book is um, the, the ghost of Shermanchi. Shermanchi was a village right near Medjugorje where there was an atrocity committed against the Serbian people by the uh, Croats. Uh, they lined them up and they all shot them and they all fell into this yama, which is this big uh, limestone uh, cavern ditch there. That that uh, that article was uh, published on the website of the, the, the official Shermanci website by the mayor of Shermanci, who liked what I had to say. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not, anyone who takes on Medjugorje is obviously not going to be a proponent of Croatian nationalism at this point. This was a hotbed to get back to the present here, how these ghosts are now continuing to haunt the present. Uh, One of the times that I visited uh, Mostar, I went to Sri Yogi which is the Franciscan monastery, and there on the wall were all of these uh, Ustasha soldiers. You know, these were the heroes for this group of Franciscans. Uh, They were the people who created Medjugorje. So... That's uh, that's the situation. Our job, I think, is to disentangle all of this obfuscation, all of this manipulation. that's always always using proxy warriors to to pr- push a hidden agenda, where the real players are never really available for, for protection.
0: This is um, an interesting um, thought from psyop. Um, not every group can be used in that way. Croats and whites are never... I know you're not... You won't wait, agree wait, with... Is
1: another ethnic group in Yugoslavia?
0: I know you won't agree with... That. <laughs> 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 are never used in that way by Jews because we are not like that. Um, do you think that some ethnic groups are more um, inclined to be used as... Yes. As proxy warriors. The blacks in America.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're notorious.
0: They're the greatest. (laughs) You're talking
1: about the black Jewish alliance, which has existed from the lynching of Leo Frank all the way up to Black Lives Matter. They're notorious for being volunteering to be the proxy warriors of, of their Jewish controllers. But in terms of other ethnic groups, no, I don't think anyone is particularly vulnerable. Anyone Anyone can be used, uh, and and I think that the, the, the Croats were used as well. I mean, they were used, but they weren't used by the Jews. They were used by American foreign policy. OK, this was, you know, I mean, it's it's it was it was not a, a good idea. OK, the, who were the first to, to uh, recognize Croatian independence? The Vatican and Germany, OK? This was so were the Croats being played by the Vatican and by Germany I think you could make a case there I think that they they led them they 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 followed with the help of the Franciscans I guarantee you the Franciscans at Medjugorje were raising money that was going to be used to buy weapons so that they could fight that war I think they, they were led astray I think that I think that they're now talking to the You know, my friends over there, there's a little bit of buyer's remorse about the decline of Yugoslavia. It was a power in the world for a certain time, and now it's not.
0: Ahorn asks, why Tito's communist regime did not persecute Jehovah's Witnesses? Actually, under his regime, they grew very successful.
1: Because Jehovah's Witnesses are completely insignificant even in America, they're insignificant. so they're certainly insignificant in Yugoslavia in a way that the Catholic Church was not. The whole point the whole point of the separation of church and state is to promote insignificant groups, insignificant religious groups, give them inordinate power as a way of taking power away from significant uh, uh, religious groups like uh, the Catholic Church, or like the Serbian Orthodox Church. There. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Jim Bowden asks, why are Orthodox Serbs involved in preventing stepenets from being canonized? You already said they, they, they are not. Uh, similarly, Jews preventing beatification of J.K. Chesterton. Where is the strong voice of the church now?
1: It doesn't. The church does not have a strong voice. That is precisely the problem that we're trying to address right now. There is no strong voice in the Catholic Church.
0: We, um, you wrote me yesterday or a couple of days ago about, uh, the, the Medjugorje. Um, let me, let, let me read the, the, the short news On the feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, a Eucharistic celebration in concelebration with fourteen priests tonight in the Medjugorje Church of Saint Jacob was led by Monsignor uh, Petar Palic, the new Bishop of Mostar and Duvan, and the Apostolic Administrator of Trebinje, Mirkan and Hvar, who is visiting Medjugorje for the first time since his. Enthronement. Uh, okay, this is um, what, and the commentary is it looks as if the Bishop of Mus- Mostar has granted de facto approval of Medjugorje.
1: That's what I said. <laughs> I, I stand by that claim. This looks like de facto approval of Medjugorje. What do you think?
0: Uh, I I never was uh, very uh, keen of of Medjugorje, and then I uh, listened to, uh, some of your interviews on Medjugorje and I got persuaded uh, even more that my my feelings towards Medjugorje were um were we're not, of course. So um, I, I share your opinions on Medjugorje, but
1: so, so our friend, I, I uh, one of your re- uh, listeners, just said, "Where is the strong church, of uh, strong voice in the Catholic Church?" Well, this explains how, what happened. Okay, you had two strong voices here in Mostar. You had Bishop Zanich and his successor Bishop Peric, and for about forty years, these two men, courageous men held the line. They said in no uncertain terms that this was a fraud. They caught the seers in repeated acts of lying, okay? Uh, The the seers were being orchestrated by two priests, uh, Jozo Zovko and Tomislav Vlasic. Both of them have been involved in sexual scandal, the culmination of which uh, Vlasic has been excommunicated he was suspended, he was defrocked, and then he was excommunicated because he refused to stop engaging in the sexual molestation of pilgrims and as well as the trafficking in spirits, which was documented by Bishop Perch. Now you have two strong bishops who uh, both uh, suffered personally because of their opposition to what became a huge money-making operation in Bosnia and now the church has simply repudiated their witness, turned its back on them, and now put in a man who is now gone and said, oh, it doesn't matter whether they're lying. We, we can baptize a lie. This is the Catholic Church sprinkling holy water on a lie. Uh, according to two bishops, the two bishops who are the authority here. Now, how are, how are Catholics supposed to feel about this? Uh, is it any wonder that Catholics are demoralized? Is it any wonder that Catholics come, can't don't feel they can't get a straight answer from anyone in the Catholic Church? That the Catholic Church will capitulate to money and power over truth? And let the two bishops twist in the wind? This is outrageous, outrageous. And I'm, I'm grateful for you to give me the opportunity to express my outrage
0: at this point I'm, I'm grateful to you this is what I, I wanted to discuss with you uh, because you do seem to think that Yugoslavia was a net positive in, in some sense. And uh, this is an, inter- there is an interesting thought from Pepe. He says, <laughs> Pepe, uh, the first Yugoslavia might have actually had a chance, but the second one under Tito was doomed to fail. And this is what I, I, I wanted to express because there are people who share most of your opinions, who are Catholics, um, who, who are probably also your fans but the majority of them would still say that yugoslavia was not a net positive uh, because of the communist regime there there's a there's a uh, carlota Putsch that says the yugoslavian di- dictatorship had no Logos, uh, would you share the opinion of Pepe that that maybe Yugoslavia as a monarchy would be be a better thing?
1: Look, I am I am not trying to defend Tito. I'm not trying to defend communism. I'm just saying that Yugoslavia is stronger than Bosnia. Is that yeah. such a, is that such a, a, a radical statement? What powers does Bosnia have? Is Bosnia a state? Uh, well, you know, if I say that dogs have five legs, does that mean dogs have five legs? Does that mean Bosnia? Bosnia was never a state. It was never an independent state. And the only reason it's one now is because the new world order under the Clintons wanted to divide and conquer. And basically, Russia, at this point, was too weak to defend Serbia. And so they just went in and they, they, they uh, mer- bombed uh, Serbia mercilessly because they knew it was defenseless. This is scandalous. And I'm not trying to defend communism, I'm trying to defend the fact that Yugoslavia was stronger than Bosnia, okay, and when there was a Yugoslavia, even under Tito, it had a leadership role in what was then known as the third world, which I think was a a good thing. A good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree in, in, in so many senses. Uh, it's just that if you ask conservatives, uh, Catholics, Orthodox uh, in in Serbia and in Croatia and Slovenia, they they probably all say Serbs would say uh, communism was the the worst thing for Serbs, Croats would say uh, communism was the worst thing for Croats, Slovenes, at least Slovene conservatives, uh, Catholics would say uh, would say the same, although things are much more complex than this, because you had many Catholics that uh, collaborated with communists.
1: Right. You're always going to find collaborators. So let's go back to 40 years ago and Tito dies, Okay, one year before the so-called apparitions of Medjugorje. Now, did they have to continue as a communist country? No, they didn't have to do that. They could have made some type of gradual change. They could have allowed this thing to evolve or something like that. But no, it was willfully destroyed by United States foreign policy, by the Clintons. It was deliberately destroyed because they knew that Russia was weak and defenseless and could not defend Serbia. And so they just bullied them and created damage that is still, there's still problems here. We still have problems there. Nothing is so bad that you can't make it worse.
0: Bosnia. Uh, Andrija Živković says uh, Bosnia or Bejha is an American protectorate.
1: Yeah, obviously. I was there. I I was there right after the war, right after uh, uh, staying at the the Hotel Euro, I think, in Mostar. And there's this American who's the master of the universe. And he's talking about how they're going to straighten out the Balkans. He's going to straighten out the Balkans. Okay, he's an American. Okay, and in the course of the conversation, it turns out he's divorced American. So the guy can't even keep his marriage together, but he's going to keep the Balkans together. And he's that's a disaster. It was a disaster. Everybody should have known it was going to be a disaster. And yes, my point is, how else is Bosnia supposed to survive unless it's a protectorate? It's got to be a protectorate. It's too small to function as an independent country. Of course it has to.
0: (sighs) Tito words to create an independent Catholic church based on the model of the Orthodox Church in Serbia and then place it under state influence.
1: I think that's true. I mean, the uh, the, the Orthodox churches are autocephalous. That's part of the problem with Orthodoxy. It doesn't have a unifying figure like the Pope. It's been the problem for millennia, Okay, at least a millennium. So it's not going to go away anytime soon, as far as I can tell. It's not going to go away if we are if we are constantly pointing the finger, if Catholics are constantly pointing the finger at the Orthodox and saying you're the ones who did in peanuts. That's uh, certainly not going to happen if that's the case. And that's part of the uh, ugly underside that I saw in Harris's book. It's always this kind of demonization of the Serbs without any type of understanding that there's another group of people there without whose uh, input this decision would not have been made. That's a claim. I, I'm going to stake my reputation on that claim. The Serbs alone could not have torpedoed this canonization because the Serbs alone are not involved in any of the other torpedoings that are going on. Not Hon, uh not Grafondalen, not Juan, they're not up for canonization, but the same type of demonization is going on here across the board, and it's not the Serbs who are behind it.
0: Carlota Puc says, Is it not better that Yugoslav Catholics and Orthodox have separate states? What would you say about that?
1: <laughs> I, I, look, Franjo Tujman wrote a book uh, on nationalism which I thought was a, a good book. It, actually, it was the book that allowed me to understand the United States of America. I never understood America until I read Franjo Tujman's book, because he said basically he, what, what he was saying was that Yugoslavia was like America. It's three different ethnic groups based on three religions, and they're always in conflict with each other. That's America. Uh, so uh, it, it was, So in terms of the Serbs, he said that the Serbs were de facto rulers, of Yugoslavia, that they had an unfair share, unfair amount of offices and and benefits coming from Yugoslavia. And that's what created the resentment on the part of the Croats. And that's what led eventually to the independence movement. Of course, with the help of Ustasha priests like Jozo Zovko and the Medjugorje movement.
0: Do you think a political answer to Balkan and Central Europe could be federalism, since the disappearance of Austria-Hungary?
1: Yes, I think the Austro-Hungarian Empire was a much better solution than Yugoslavia than anything so far. It, it one of the one of the tragedies of history is nothing but tragedy. But one of the tragedies of European history is the eclipse of uh, Austro-Hungary and Bavaria at the expense of Prussia. Prussia rose, defeated both of those groups, and basically they're the ones that created the unification of Germany, and they had a bad influence on uh, Europe uh, throughout that period. The Catholics had a much better understanding of how to run an empire than the Prussians did. And the proof of that is as soon as the Prussians united Germany in 1871, they declared war on the Catholics. That was totally stupid, totally meaningless. uh, And yet Bismarck did it because of his residual Prussian prejudice. And it took about 10 years for him to wake up. He was an intelligent guy. Okay. And 10 years after talking to people like Bishop von Kettler, he realized it wasn't the Catholics who were the enemy. It was the Marxists. And he changed gears and that led to a much more successful uh germany than the one that he inaugurated with the kulturkampf
0: <clears throat> tito's desire was to separate catholic church from the vatican is is it uh, is there something to it
1: Yes, I think you're absolutely. Whoever said that is absolutely right. That was his desire. That was the desire of every single communist country that we're talking about in this era. They wanted a docile national church like the Chinese Patriotic Society. That's what they wanted.
0: Pepe says a Croatia should team up with Visegrad but have good relations with Serbia. EU is garbage. What, what is your view of, of EU? Well, now the way- we
1: have a big crisis now because they basically, uh, Poland and Hungary, are not going along with the gay marriage gender ideology agenda. This, this shows you how fragile uh, a, an artificial construct like the European Union is. What exactly do those folks believe? Do they have any belief? I think it's called the Enlightenment. Okay, and they don't believe that anything existed in Europe before the Enlightenment. And what does? And how do we interpret the Enlightenment now? Well, it's sodomy, basically, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't, no one's free unless sodomites can get married. Isn't this what the EU is telling the poles and telling them if you don't go along with this, we're not going to give you any money? This is ridiculous. Why are they jeopardizing the European Union because of these ridiculous? gender ideology uh, demands that are being placed on Hungary and, and, and Poland. So the, yes, it's a disaster. And and now you've got basically every country in Europe at war with its own people. In Germany, the COVID uh, crisis is basically uh, the, the, the return of the repressed. The Germans have had it with these oligarchs who are ru- running their country and ruining their country. The French with their yellow vest protest. Again, COVID is being used as the method to, drown, to, to, to throttle these people into submission. I was there in Poland. I did the book tour in Poland where there was massive resistance to the whole idea of gender ideology because Poland is a Catholic country. Why are these people deliberately antagonizing the Poles and the Hungarians? By imposing their vices on a group of people that don't want to have anything to do with that. Why are they doing this well because uh, because of their sins because of their wickedness but this shows you that they are incapable of running a union or let's say an empire in the way that the austro-hungarians were capable because they had a clear plan they had a clear uh, alignment of church and state and this made that possible
0: <clears throat> Jim Bowden. Uh- Doctor, why is USA disintegrating now, like Yugoslavia? The, with respect, bigger doesn't make it better or stronger. Question is, is religion or nationalism which people follow?
1: The United States is disintegrating because uh, of the uh, rise of a an alien political ideology. I don't know how you want to describe it. Uh, it political correctness, whatever you want to talk about it racial-based uh, ideology, uh, it's largely uh, the result of increasing Jewish influence in America. It's the increasing Jewish influence that has led to the destruction of American unity. This was a, a, a something that people had to work hard for, and now it was destroyed by very simply, in a nutshell, the Jewish subversion of morals. That's that's the cause of our disunity right now, beginning with Supreme Court decisions in the 1960s, banning prayer from public school because the Jews did not like a Christian majority, leading to the whole sexual revolution, the abortion issue and all that type of stuff. They have created a country where they are there are two groups of people, both of whom are threatening revolution if their candidate does not get elected president. That's that's the nutshell Uh,
0: story of what happened in america would you say that the the modern people um in america in europe uh, and in the world are even did the catholic church lose its powers entirely in the sense that uh people are under influence of pornography uh pop Music industry, pop movies industry, um, consumerism, and so forth and so forth. Um, are people under influence of all this uh, uh, this um, external external um, sources? Did they become too weak for Catholic Church even have the power to to make uh, to create? order in the society again
1: yes that what i just said uh happened in 1965 okay in 1965 the council ended uh the united the catholic bishops ran up the white flag in terms of holding uh uh, hollywood accountable for their obscenity they basically uh threw in the towel with the legion of decency and they declared the jews are our friends well the jews are not our friends They are enemies of the entire human race They're the people that killed Christ and nothing is ever going to change in that regard. And to pretend these people are our friends, the friends of the Catholic Church or Americans in general, has had tragic consequences to this day. We are now on the brink of revolution in the United States of America, funded largely by a Hungarian Jew by the name of George Soros. We are going to have a color revolution, especially if Trump overturns the election. That's the that's the legacy of the Catholic Church capitulating to the culture wars, capitulating to the Hollywood Jews and the culture wars and declaring a group of people who want to destroy us, uh, that they are our friends.
0: Um, there is a question for me, question for Aleš. And it's, Is the tribe, the one you're not supposed to mention, influential in Slovenia and the Balkans well there i don't know i don't know if if it's the tribe it surely is the the, the ideology the so-called ideology of the tribe ideology of the tribe uh, globalism is obviously influential in slovenia and the Balkans. um this is uh, i don't know if it's it has uh, some Proxy warriors in uh, in uh, the the form or shape of uh, the local fifth columns, or it is actually the Jews. I don't know any Jews in Slovenia. Actually, um, at least uh, they're not openly Jews um, that I would know and that I I could say that they are um, subversive but uh, globalism if you if you if you say that globalism is ideology of the tribe then yes this is prevalent and
1: globalism in our day it's george soros
0: yeah george Soros. We have another, of
1: another example another example of exactly what i'm talking about is what's happening in armenia right now okay now i i wrote the jewish revolutionary spirit 12 years ago i think that that's in the past i got invited to go to armenia i think well i'll just look into this Uh, I, I heard about the Armenian genocide that's basically all I know my father used to tell me to think of the starving Armenians when I wouldn't eat what was on my plate so I look into it and guess what I find out okay you cannot understand what happened in 1915 in Armenia and in the Ottoman Empire unless you look into the role that the revolutionary Jew played in pitting one group against the other you cannot understand it OK, so the standard, it's just like Serb-Croat, except this time it's Turk-Armenian. And the Turks point their finger at the Armenians and they say, look, they, they stabbed us in the back during World War One. They uh, sided with the Russians when the Russians attacked Turkey. Therefore, we had to re- remove them. OK, well, who were these people? Who are we talking about? We are talking about the Dashnaks, the Hunshaks. These are the Armenian terrorist groups. Guess where they learned to be terrorists? When they went to Russian universities and they started studying under people in Narodnaya Volia. This was the beginning of Russia, the, the genocide when these radicals took over the Armenian independence movement. And it turns out that if you look on the other side of the equation, uh, guess what? Who was the main force driving the young Turks? Well, it was the Donemaps who were the followers of Shabbatai Zevi, who are also being corrupted by the same Jewish revolutionary spirit. You can't understand human history unless you understand the Jewish revolutionary spirit. And I'm saying that's true of Armenia. I had no idea it was in Armenia. But once you look, you realize this is a category of reality. I didn't make this up. This is not the category of Mike Jones's mind. This is a category of reality.
0: John Beasley asked what does the doctor think of the adoption of Gramsci by the Marxists do you have any opinion on? Uh,
1: in many ways this this is the uh, the source of the Marxism that is now threatening to take over the United States of America and the vehicle one of the main vehicles now let me put it this way the main vehicle was uh, the English professor at Notre Dame by the name of Joe Budzish his son Pete Budzish is running ran for president of the United States of America and now he's probably it looks as if he may be named uh, ambassador to China this is the main vehicle of re- main vector of revolution in America right now it's gramsci through um, Boom!
0: boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Uh Aha, we had this question. Dr. Jones, you do realize that the EU is letting in millions of Africans and Muslims into Europe, and in 20 years' time, there will be no Croatia, Serbia, Germany, France, etc. And with that, no Catholicism.
1: Yes, and who's responsible for that? Same group of people. Check out Barbara Lerner Spector. And uh, numerous videos by Jews who are talking about how this uh, Europe has to become a multicultural country, uh, Mm. and and the Jews are going to explain how that works for them.
0: Pepe says, uh, answering to Boris, yes, we should take responsibility for our own mistakes too, not just blame Jews for everything. Okay, let's have a, a uh, sincere discussion about this. Um, what is our fault? What could we have uh, done better? Uh, and if we have done it better than the Jews, uh, uh, the Jewish influence would be obsolete.
1: Um, now, what, what time frame are we talking about here? Are we talking about Yugoslavia? Uh, In 1989, what are we talking about? The 1990s? The the fault there was Croatian nationalism, as far as I can tell. And the the, the Croatian nationalism was being run by that fraudulent operation known as Medjugorje. That played a crucial role. So if you want to blame a, a particular group of Croats, try blaming the Medjugorje Franciscans from Shiroki Brieg. It was, by the way... Yozo uh, Zovko, who put the gear on the altar when he said mass, that's a deliberate act of provocation. Deliberate provocation, and he deserved to go to jail for it.
0: Uh, let's uh, an interesting question, uh, Michael. Why did you never support the Christian militant group led by Robert Robert J. Matthews? They were way ahead of the curve.
1: Never heard of Robert J. Matthews, and I've been around for 40 years now, so I I, I never heard of him.
0: Me too. Um, will the doctor comment on St. John Paul's thoughts about the global struggle between the church and Gramscik Marxist? No, you, you already uh, commented a, a little bit on it.
1: I think if there's one man who had buyer's remorse about uh, the anti-communist crusade, it was Pope John Paul II.
0: Matjaš Planišec has an interesting thought. I don't know if you have an opinion about it. main obstacle for peace in Balkans is Serbian Orthodox church, Church doctrine Svetosavlje which is very similar to Jewish religion as the chosen people. None of other Orthodox churches has similar doctrine. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure what Matyosh actually means by that. Do, do you know anything about Do no, you have an I'm opinion? Not
1: with that theological concept. But, I mean, if, if, you're going, if you're saying that there are problems with national churches, I agree. Whether it's Orthodox national churches or whether it's Protestant national churches, there are problems there. And, and the problem is invariably that your group is going to be considered the chosen people and you end up Judaizing.
0: <clears throat> Dr. Jones, what about 65 Immigration Act introduced by the Catholic Ted Kennedy and Democratic Party? That well, it opened wasn't
1: the Catholic Ted Kennedy, it was the Jew Jacob Javits. Kennedy may have signed off, but that was clearly a, a Jewish operation led by Jacob Javits and Emmanuel Sellers in the House. And Kevin McDonald has talked a lot about that in detail.
0: Um, I mentioned in the beginning some of the Catholics collaborating with communists in Slovenia and ex-Yugoslavia, but what's with the Catholics in uh, the Democratic Party? Um... They, they seem to have certain tradition to, to, to follow the, the, the Democrat. At least some Catholics have this tradition. Uh, what, what's the issue with that? The,
1: the issue began with uh, the Democratic Party uh, in the 20th century, the early 20th century, which became the, the party of immigrants. Uh, the Republican Party was the party of the nativists, the, the uh, Protestant. And uh, these people, Catholics, became strong in uh, cities like uh, New York and Chicago, Philadelphia, all of those cities. And and uh, they had a lot of political power as a result of that adherence to the Democratic Party. Read my book, Slaughter of Cities, tells you the whole story of that and also why the elites turned on, on the Catholics. Uh, that all changed over a period from 1968 to 1972 when the Jews took over the Democratic Party and imposed abortion and all of these other ideological litmus tests on the, uh, the party members. And at that point, the Catholics left in droves, and they ended up becoming part of the new emerging Republican uh, minor- majority, which supported Nixon, and then later Ronald Reagan. So the Catholics left in large numbers. The ones who didn't simply had to go along with the agenda, which is basically anti-Catholic. And the com- culmination of this is Joe Biden. Joe Biden, why is he a Catholic? He should be excommunicated.
0: Yeah, about Joe Biden, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm probably too far away from the states, but uh, there there seems to be a very chaotic situation still. Is Joe Biden winning this, or does Donald Trump still have a, a chance? How do you see the, the situation about America?
1: Down to the courts and the legislatures. This is a battle between representative government and oligarchic media control. That's what this battle is about. And so who gets to name the president? Is it Google or is it the electors appointed by state legislatures? That's what this battle is about.
0: Um, uh, there seems to, to become a bigger issue that even Fox News in America is becoming uh, sort of say democratic or left-wing or anti-conservative
1: who Who controls the media is it democrats or republicans well it's jews and so at this point the whole uh political calculus goes out the window it's jews who control the media
0: okay Uh, a little bit non-political question uh carlota Puch from catalonia Which pilgrimage would Dr. Jones recommend for European Catholics?
1: I went to Fatima uh, and was impressed by that. Uh, That was during the era of the anti-communist crusade. Uh, The age of Fatima is over, I think, now because of the fall of communism. What about the uh, San Juan Capostolo, the... uh, Walk if you're in Catalonia, it goes right through your neighborhood, I think. You know, take that walk, uh, get your scallop shell and
0: take that walk. <laughs> uh-huh. Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Your contention, the Catholic Church doctrine of keeping Jewish influence isolated from European societies. How can something similar be revived and instituted in European societies?
1: Okay, Catholics have to be able to take over their own institutions. Uh, as an American, the main problem in uh, the United States Catholic Church was that basically the takeover of Uh, the theft of Catholic universities from the Catholic church that was inaugurated by Notre Dame university in 1967 though that that that's those people, uh, the people who control that now are total pawns and proxy warriors of the regimes and of the oligarchs. And so therefore any student that goes there will be indoctrinated uh, to repudiate Catholicism. That's the main issue. You have to take control of our own institutions. And in order to do that, you have to take control of the Catholic mind, okay? You have to expel the commands of your oppressors from your Catholic mind. And the main command of the oppressors that you have to expel is this basic Jewish control over the way you think, including Jewish control over who gets named a saint. This has got to stop. <laughs>
0: there is a question for me Oles, would you recommend to a French Catholic conservative family seek refuge in Slovenia Oof. well Slovenia is a lot better than, than, than France still still in, 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 many, uh, in many sense but of course even Slovenia uh, is under influence of, of globalists um, Soros-run and financed uh, um, non-governmental organizations and so forth. Um, yeah, but it's still better than than France. It will it will be for a couple of years more uh, probably. I would. Uh, do you think it's possible the Slovenians would accept us? Of course, Slovenians would accept you. Mm. Okay. Dr. Jones, we have worked in the same wine yard. Any advice for Catholic educators?
1: Yes, remain true to Catholic principles. Uh, reject Jewish influence. Do not internalize the commands of your oppressors. Do not accept uh, industry standards as determinative of your worth as a Catholic intellectual. All of these things. We have to reassert Catholic identity because we have been victims of identity theft. That's the main problem in the Catholic Church right now, identity theft.
0: Dr. Jones, what is the future of American Catholicism and world Catholicism under the current leadership of Pope Francis?
1: Uh, Pope Francis is not going to be Pope forever. I, I, said, this, I said this when I was in Qualm in Iran. I said that Pope Benedict wasn't going to be Pope forever, and when I got back to Tehran, he had resigned. So all the Iranians thought I was a prophet. They all said that. But uh, my advice is take the long view. I'm trying to explain that there was a long view here when it came to dealing with the Jewish question and that the Catholic Church published its uh, that long view in a series in Chivo Ta which appeared in 1890. That is part of the Catholic patrimony that we need to revive. And you can go to culturewars.com and buy a copy of the translation of that article, I understand uh, the depth, uh, the extent to which we have deviated from Catholic principle.
0: Okay. Donning armor. Catholicism, Catholicism, Catholicism. Isn't your Pope scrubbing the dirt of the feet of Jews and blacks, Africans, kissing the toes of gays and atheists.
1: Every, every white guy out there, who doesn't want to have his sex life conform to the moral law is always going to appeal to the Catholic, to Pope Francis or something like that as an excuse not to become a Catholic and become a follower of Jesus Christ. I've been through this so many times before. Uh, this is the, the, the hidden grammar behind questions like that. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, dear audience, do you have any questions left, or um, should we ask our beloved Dr. E. Michael Jones to conclude our, our stream with a final thought? Let, let, let's see if they they have any questions left. Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. Dr. Jones, what's your opinion on China and Russia? Do you think they are owned by the same tribe? And who do you think will be the new face of world domination if, when USA loses it?
1: It's too complicated for a short answer. It's too too complicated. The Russians overthrew Jewish control when uh, uh, um, uh, Putin came to power and basically reigned in the oligarchs. Uh, it's It's just too complicated to talk. There obviously is Jewish influence in China right now. The Chinese are working with uh, the Jewish lobby and Israel lobby in the United States. It's clear that that's going on, but it's too much, too complicated. I would just like to say in conclusion here that uh, one of the benefits of being a Catholic is your your involvement with people all over the world who share the same values. So here I am, the white guy from uh, the United States of America, showing up in Bosnia uh, 40 years ago and, and getting involved in their story. why? Because I'm a Catholic because that was a Catholic story. And the same thing is true. I go to I go to Kenya, to Tanzania. I'm, I become intimately involved in the struggles of those people there. Why? Because I'm a Catholic because we as Catholics have t- some type of universal bond that unites us throughout the world in this struggle, which is the most important struggle on the face of the earth right now. And the only thing that's preventing our victory in this battle is the mind forged manacles that Catholics have imposed on themselves by adopting Jewish categories of thought.
0: Okay, <clears throat> there, there's a critique Nasbol confirmed Putin is a crypto-Jew. I guess uh, the commentator is uh, accusing who, you of being okay. a duganist. <laughs> who,
1: who isn't a crypto-Jew right now? Name one person who is not a crypto-Jew. Sometimes I think I'm a crypto-Jew sometimes.
0: <laughs> uh, I... I, I, I I Have to go back, huh? John Beasley asks you: Does you be, uh, do you believe in Christianity or just Catholicism?
1: <laughs> what a false dichotomy! False dichotomy. That question. <laughs>
0: what, what is your opinion about European colonialism in Africa twentieth century? Did not African people live better in the colonial regime, where they um, live now in political and economic instability?
1: it's It was an example of what Hegel would call the liste vernunft. It was God taking evil and turning it into good. If you think it was a good thing, just look at those pictures of the uh, the Belgian Congo where the men had their hands cut off because they didn't pick enough rubber. okay? Uh, that's that's evil, okay? But God has the power to bring about good out of evil. And the good that he brought about is the spread of Catholicism throughout. Africa which is the only sign of hope that I can see on that dark continent
0: Carlota pooch unrelated question how could we reach dr. Jones's age with the same energy he has <laughs> in the tips?
1: Thank you I appreciate that praise of my energy it's it's uh, Alice always brings out the best in me
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. Okay, final, final question. Dr. Jones, do we have a book list or any recommendations?
1: Yes, go to culturewars.com. All of my books are available there. Not, uh, not, they're not on Amazon anymore. My latest book, Logos Rising, uh, is something you should read because it will give you hope. Uh, and explain to you why God is still in charge of human history, and why that's not going to change, in spite of all the troubles that we're going through.
0: Uh, from my point of view, I uh, to be to be honest, I read many books, many philosophical books, but um, plenty of stuff from philosophical books is too abstract up until you start debating about society about living society and so forth and uh many uh, many of useful useful very useful stuff uh, i i about philosophy i actually found out from from your books uh, dr dr jones and i uh, i would i would also propose uh, your books Uh, At least to to start to know things and then start debating and thinking uh, yourself and so forth and so forth. Um, Okay. Uh, ah, Thunderstruck. Yes, we we owe this uh, explanation. Why don't you have that big race debate with Jared Taylor online? We... uh, (laughs) I wrote
1: this before. Frody doesn't want to have it online, so that's yeah. Frody, uh, e, e. Michael Jones debate here with Alish, uh, but that the Taylor debate is only going to happen in person. That's what Frody in, said.
0: In Zagreb, obviously, uh, in Zagreb, uh, I'm looking forward to it.
1: I would love I just, to, I, I, one of my big regrets is I didn't get to go to Zagreb in May when I was scheduled to debate Jared Taylor.
0: You will. We we will get the vaccine now and everything ah, will I'm be
1: on the <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you better get it uh, or you I'm won't be hard. let in into Croatia. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Jo <laughs> Dr. Jones, thank you once again for your time, for your um for your intelligence, for your depth. Thank you for accepting my invitation once again. It's it's always a great pleasure and um, have a nice day. And then later on, nice evening. And to all the viewers, thank you for stopping by. Um, Thank
1: you, Alice. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Jones. Goodbye and see you soon. Bye.